Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. Time for our final wide receiver podcast breakdown. We're going to talk Deami Brown, UNC, Elijah Moore, Ole Miss, Amon Ross St. Brown, USC, and finally Seth Williams out of Auburn, Pat Cotter. So this is, like I said, our fourth and final wide receiver podcast for now. We may go back later and talk about a few guys that we have in mind. Um, but for now, we, we want to transition to the running backs here soon. Um, I know you're very excited about starting the running backs. So I think we're going to have three podcasts on the running backs. Um, and then we'll do quarterback tight end. And then eventually we'll get back for guys that we missed. Um so 10, 11, 12, and 13. So after this one, we'll have done 13 wide receivers for the 2021, 2021 rookie class. And um, this last group that we're going to do, I think these are going to be some guys that, that you'll find are intriguing in the second round, mid to late second round. Um, I know in our draft, you know, we're in a 10-team league, so that's about where we're... Th- I'm, I'm thinking, you know, just kind of as a... Uh, you know, preview here, you know, Elijah Moore, especially we're thinking maybe in that area, I'm on Ross St. Brown. We, we like, um, Deami Brown, Seth Williams, all these guys offer some upside. So these are still players that, um, certainly provide a lot of value and certainly have, uh, quite a bit of upside. Um, so let's dive right into it, Pat. Let's start with Deami Brown out of UNC and let's just start with some of the measurables first. So six one one ninety five. Um, talk some stats, 2019 and 2020, 2019, he played in 12 games, 51 receptions over a thousand yards, 20 yards per reception, 12 touchdowns in this past year in 11 games, almost identical 55 receptions, 1100 yards, 20 yards per, per reception, eight touchdowns. So 20 touchdowns in two years, not a ton of volume. This is a guy who only catches four passes a game, four or five passes a game, um, but it's an offense that obviously this year had a lot of playmakers, but that 20 yards per reception, we think that that's what he is, right? He's a guy who can stretch the field, who can make some plays in the vertical passing game. And I think that's what he's going to off- offer at the next level too. Yeah. I think that's where he excels, especially right now. Uh, you know, I don't think he's bad at, you know, at uh, kind of running intermediate routes. I think he has some work to do in terms of his route running. But um, I, he looks the part, you know, he looks like your prototypical wide receiver in terms of his size, in terms of his build. He's got plenty of athleticism, so I'm not worried there. Um, just, I mean, North Carolina really only wanted him to run deep, it seemed like, on a lot of his routes. You know, like I said, certainly ran some stuff into in the uh, short to intermediate, but he did his, his damage running deep. He He gets... He gets on top of guys really well. It's just, it just seems like he just runs by guys almost every play. And they don't just, for whatever reason, just can't stop him. And and, and that's what, and like you said, that's what he kind of does best. But I don't want to, you know, uh, diminish from what he can do as a wide receiver in other areas of the field. Yeah, he, I don't think he's a burner, but you're right. He moves well, plenty of speed to create space. You got to love those yards per reception the last two years. Um, I do think some of that is going to transfer to the next level. He is, like I said, a vertical threat, can stretch the field, and he really looks the part physically. We both said that, 6'1", almost 200 pounds. Um, you got you to gotta love that. We've scouted a few guys now who are smaller stature, some guys we really like, some guys we don't, but 
when you come in with that kind of physical makeup and what when you put that together with what we see on tape, I do think this is a guy who can find success in the NFL. Now, one thing, like Tylen Wallace, he only lines up on the left side of the field. Tylen Wallace was a guy who only lined up on the right side of the field. But, I don't know, does that concern us kind of like Tylen? Uh, I mean, wh- what do you think about him moving in, you know, different formations all over the field at the next level? It does concern me a little bit. You know, just the fact that I'm sure they work on it in practice and everything, but the fact that he's been all of his game time has been lined up on that left side. I think it hurts these guys a little bit in the transition. You know, I don't want to knock a guy for something I didn't see. That's how we ended up with Justin Jefferson as a a little bit lower last year. I mean, I like Justin Jefferson, but you know, everybody going, Oh man, can he play outside? He only played the slot at LSU. So, you know, I don't want to knock him for what we haven't seen, but like I said with Tylen, it does it does concern you a little bit, and if with his uh, floor in terms of where when he gets in the NFL, the NFL, I mean, we saw a guy like like James Washington get drafted to the Steelers a couple of years ago, where guys were like, oh, you know, he looks good, but he played that Oklahoma State offense where they just kind of lined him up on one side of the field, he didn't run that many routes, and it took him a while. I mean, he's starting to look a little bit better, but he hasn't, you know, he kind of seemed like he was a little bit overwhelmed when he got to the NFL. And you worry about that with Diami as well. Okay, so how did you feel about your before we started watch film on Diami versus afterwards? I think I like him more. I mean, I I don't I'm not extremely high on him. He's not in my third tier of wide receivers. He's in my kind of like my fourth tier right now, which are still guys I like. You know, I don't I don't want to say I don't I dislike him. He's more of a late second third round pick early third round pick to me um in a 12 team uh you know 12 team super flex uh but I, I honestly think this guy has a lot of upside and could end up being a you know if you told me in in five years he was a top five wide receiver in this class I could see it like he has the build for it and I'm not I and if he could continue to develop I could see him being a very very uh complete receiver yeah I don't know about top five. I we'll see. I I wouldn't necessarily put his stock that high, but he did play with Sam Howell in a good passing offense, one of the better passing offenses in the NFL. We'll talk about Seth Williams a little bit later in the podcast, and he was a guy who just got atrocious quarterback play, which I thought really hurt him at times. Um, but yeah, the the offense at UNC was pretty high powered. They used him in in. A pretty specific way, a lot of deep crossers, a lot of verticals, um, got him down the field, and he can make plays. This is a kid who can make plays. Um, I I think he's got all the physical makeup. I think he's got the big playability to win at the next level. I'm not completely sold on him, to be honest with you, as a, as a surefire guy. So if you're thinking about reaching for him, you know what I mean, somewhere over, I, I mean, of course, I'm not taking him over like a Rondo Moore. I'm not taking him over uh, Terrace Marshall. I'm not taking him over Tylen Wallace. Like he's not going to creep up to that level for me. But I do think if if you know you're sitting there at I don't know two eight two nine, um, I think that could be a place where you pull the trigger on. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, he's a guy that I don't dislike, but I'm not in love with him. You know, I kind of sat down. I'm like. Yeah, he looks all right. You know, he's not he doesn't blow me away in any real way besides his kind of just knack to win deep. Um, but, you know, he kind of split time with another good, a pretty good wide receiver. One guy we haven't watched yet in uh, in Daz Newsom, 
at, at North Carolina. And they had those two all-star running backs who we will get to as well. Um, but, uh, you know, he didn't, he doesn't dominate when you take a look at the, his, like his percentages his his, his kind of more of the analytical side, you know, he only he was about 25% of their receptions and about 33% of their yards, which 33% is very good. You know, you want to get up in that 30% range, but, um, you know, he's not near the top, the, some of the top guys, like, you know, your, your Smiths your Batemans, your even, uh, t- uh like Tylen Wallace. He's, he doesn't kind of reach those numbers. So, um, I do have some concerns, but still a guy I think I would, wouldn't mind having on my squad. All right. Let's talk next about a guy who was a monster in terms of shares of the offense. And that's Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, man, Pat, I I'm generally just excited about Elijah Moore. Um, not to the level of Rondell Moore, uh, but let me tell you this kid at five, nine, 185 pounds, he is electric and he is one of the most pure just catchers of the football like this kid is such a good pass catcher excellent hand-eye coordination some of the best in this draft uh very good balance he's explosive um I don't think he's a he's not Rondell Morgan I'm not trying to compare too many guys to that uh level of explosiveness but he is explosive he is quick he's a smaller guy but but yeah he he equated for a ton of old misses offense this year yeah, I mean, he caught about 45... In the games that he played, he caught about 45% of the overall receptions available. So, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. That's actually the second most behind Bateman out of all the guys that we've looked at so far. And he had accounted for about 42% of the yards, which also... Which is actually, I think, the most out of anybody we've looked at so far. So, he... Production off the, off the charts, you know? So... I like this guy. I really do. Like, I want to like him more, and I want to keep moving him up my board. Uh, I worry about his size a little bit. You know, I think it's going to be a landing spot dependent type of player where if he doesn't go to a place that's going to use three wide a, a lot more often, then I think he's going to – he's going to – it's going to hurt him a little bit. You know, I it, it, this I kind of take a look at him like, you know, the numbers that from the school, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Say – he's actually a little bit bigger than Rondale Moore. Now he doesn't look bigger on tape. He doesn't play with Rondale Moore's size, but you know, I think I look at Elijah Moore. I'm like, Oh man, I worry about him in the slot where I don't with, with Rondale. So like, I'm like trying, I'm having this argument in my head, like trying to move him up the board as much as I can. But I do, like I said, I do worry about uh, his, his ability to move outside. I don't think he really can play outside. I think he's a slot guy. So, if you're in an offense that doesn't, you know, doesn't prioritize the slot, he might not be great for fantasy football. So he's going to be a guy that I think is a lot more landing spot dependent, but a guy with a lot of upside if he goes to the right place. Okay, true or false, uh, Elijah Moore has the best hands in this class. That's true. He's they're <laughs> ridiculous. Like he he'll, he'll make these. He has some of these catches out of the backfield when he they're running these little like option reads that. It, that they're bad passes and they're bad flips to him, but he just, he doesn't even break stride. It looks like he doesn't even care. Like he just kind of, his arm goes out, he get brings it in and he keeps running. And he, and, and he has this one catch against Alabama where, where his quarterback throws the ball across his body coming back. And Elijah Moore, like he does this like, like a lunge to catch the ball and, and, and like shoestrings it. And then just and then and then and then goes right back to running down the like running and picking up yards and like he barely even lost stride. You have to go see it. It's it's a great shoot 
uh, shoelace catch. It's it's remarkable. It really is. It was. I think it was a rain game too because he wasn't wearing gloves. Yeah, he didn't have gloves on. So I think it was a rain game. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible catch. He makes a ton of one handed catches. I wrote down that he's the most natural pass catcher in this in this class. Very soft hands. You can tell he has just really natural ball skills. Um, again, excellent hand eye coordination, like I mentioned earlier. Um, he, I think he's a guy who's willing to take hits. You know, make take you know make a catch, take a hit, make contested catches. Uh, again, he's comfortable working out of the backfield as a runner, and which I was surprised by how much they actually handed the ball off to him. He actually has yeah. really good vision too. Yeah, he really runs the ball. Like whenever you would, they would hand the ball off, and he'd actually go like go between the tackles. He he moves very well. He can do it. Like he looks like a fluid running back in that sense. So that really makes me feel good about like his projections as a guy with yak. He's very quick and very agile. And I really love the way he uses that to set up his routes. He, he seems very effective in double moves, especially like kind of getting up on the guy and making him look like he's going to go one way and then breaking the other way or kind of walking up to a guy. And then he uses his speed to get out, or get, out get out around him. So I think he would work. Like I said, I work really well in an offense that allows the slot guy to kind of run a lot of option routes. You know, you're, you're new England or, or being like the Tyler Lockett in, in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I think that's where he would work best. And like I said, I really can't uh, be more effusive in my praise for Elijah Moore because I just love him. I think there's a lot of upside here. There is a little bit of a uh, potentially a cap. I agree with you, Pat, just to, based on the size. Um, because, again, Rondell, when, when we, you, you mentioned the, the size comparison between him and Rondell. Rondell is just to me put together different. You he plays get, big. He, he plays. He, yeah. like he plays huge. Well, like he you squats six hundred pounds. Yeah. Like he's just got a big, powerful lower body. Mm-hmm. Elijah Moore is not a big, powerful guy, right? Because he, I mean, he can slip tackles. He can break tackles. He can take hits. He can do a lot of different things. I do think he's a starter at the next level, without question. This guy is going to start at the next level. He's going to make an impact somewhere. How big of an impact? I agree with you. He needs to find the right situation, somewhere where they can use him in a in a number of different ways out of the slot and potentially even handed the ball off to him uh, out of the backfield and whatnot. He's not a burner. Probably a low 4-5 guy, if I had to guess. I think he probably runs right around 4-5. Maybe he's, he breaks that sub. I, think I don't he's, know. I think he's more of a high 4-4 four, four guy. You, I do. I think okay. he's got pretty good yeah, speed. Like four, he's, four. Not, he's not. He's not like... He's not Rondale fast. I mean, he he's can probably run Rondale a four fast. four five. I think he's. I think he's. He's got. He's got great speed, not elite speed. Yeah. I mean, anytime you're in the four fours, you're you're fast. Um, you're very fast. So, yeah. I mean, we we expect a guy like Rondale to run maybe maybe even a four three six four three yeah. seven or something yep. like that. Like Elijah Moore is not gonna blow you away quite like that in a combine setting but he's going to score well he's plenty fast he's plenty fast he's plenty quick so there's a lot to like with elijah moore and i would love to draft him on my dynasty team okay let's move on now to a different type of receiver and a guy who i think could be a great pro and that's amon ross st brown amon ross st brown out of usc 61195 in 2020 in just six games the pac-12 of course only played a Condensed schedule of six games, 41 catches, 478 yards, and seven touchdowns. This guy is an easy, smooth route runner, excellent body control, particularly in that short to mediate area. I, I see a little bit of Keenan Allen in his game. He is one of, if not the best, 
again, short to intermediate route runner in my eyes. He does a, a lot of things so exceptionally well in that area of the field. His in and out breaking routes are very quick, very sudden. He, again, a guy with very good body control. I think he's a technical receiver who could be a PPR monster. Um, I wrote down nothing spectacular, but just a very solid receiver who I expect is going to be a starter at the next level. Yeah, I mean, I love his tape. Like, I'm on Raw. I mean, it's it, it's a good name for him, man, because he flows like the Nile, dude. Like, this guy, like, <laughs> this guy, he he looks just fluid whenever he's running his routes. Like it looks, it looks extremely natural for him. He is, uh, he's a master of the, of the little things when it comes to a wide receiver. Um, besides some drops, besides some drops, he has a couple concentration drops to me. When I went back and watched him a second time, I was I'm a lot less worried, worried about, about it than I was. It kind of was a big red flag for me right off the bat, but then I came, went back and watched him. He's got great hands. He's not a guy I'm worried about that. Like you said, I do think he's going to work best in the intermediate to short ranges of the field. I think he is another slot guy, honestly. I think he's primed for a big slot role would be where he would function the best. Certainly can play outside. I don't worry about him outside. But in an, I think I they would uh, like it if he could move into that big slot role at times. So I think that's where he'd be most effective. Um, Feels like a sleeper to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hear a lot of like really like high-end love for Amon Ross St. Brown. He seems like a guy that almost is just almost like you're like what I said about Rashad Bateman, a guy that's like he's going to he's going to work. He's going to be a, a, a fairly solid NFL player. Yeah, he's going to be a star. He might never be a star. I don't know if he has that kind of upside. If he continues to progress, he certainly may. But I feel like he projects as a very solid wide receiver three, wide receiver two in the NFL. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from him too. So yeah, draft Amon Ross St. Brown. I think you're going to experience good things. Uh, again, I, I do think he's a starter at the next level. I don't think he's a wide receiver one or, or he's going to post wide receiver one numbers on your fantasy team. But again, I, I think you're going to get longevity. You're going to get consistency. You're going to get a guy who's a pro and a technical master who will win, especially again in PPR leagues. So thumbs up for Amon Ross St. Brown. And let's move on finally to Seth Williams out of Auburn Path. Now, this is a guy who has all the physical tools. This is one of the most physical, physically gifted wide receivers that we've scouted. Similar to Nico Collins, uh, 6'3", 225 pounds. Just got to love that. He's a big boy. He looks the part. Absolutely looks the part. Big, athletic. And honestly, to me, I was like, whoa, when he moved, I'm like, wow, this guy can move. He can actually move for a big guy. Shifty, um, not, you know, as shifty as you would expect or uh, more yeah, than you yeah. expect for a guy who's 6'3", 225. He's not, <laughs> not Elijah Moore, but um, he's damn good in that sense. I think, again, him and Nico Collins have, you know, two of the more promising physical makeups in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, now... I th- I saw some things, you know, I thought he, you know, naturally worked through contact. He can shrug defenders off just cuz he's so big, which is amazing for red zone. Um, you know, when you want you need a first da- first down, you're going third and 6 and and you need just need somebody to wall a guy off, wall the defender off. Like this is your guy. You're going to him. He's a big body who can make some of those tough catches who is not um thrown off his route or thrown off his game by defenders, you know, hanging all over him. Um, 
we saw some spectacular leaping catches out of him too that only guys of his frame can really make, which is just that you just can't teach it, right? Um, and they needed it too, honestly, with Bo Nix throwing the oh, ball. Oh, like, that's exactly. <laughs> like a, I was going to get to that, but go, yeah, no, go ahead. I, w- I want you to chime in here. Now, we didn't have a ton of tape, but that was my next note. There were a ton of consistent inconsistencies, mainly because of the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, like you said, he's got all the athletic tools. He is that big go-up-and-get-it kind of guy. But I, I think you said it best when we were watching him is he doesn't always play big. He kind of, he will sometimes just kind of let a guy get in front of him or or won't go fight back for the football on an underthrown ball like Bo Nix likes to do. Um, he, he, he certainly has the ability, and you see it on tape, but he's – the word that comes to mind when I think of Seth Williams is inconsistent. I just don't always see it from him whenever he's out there. I see him like jogging on some plays and taking plays off. I see him not playing big at all times, kind of just letting a ball go. Um, and he, he does, he has another guy that has some concentration drops. So I, I, he has all the tools in the world and he is certainly a very high upside type of player. But, you know, I could see this guy being being one of the, the bigger bus candidates out there that we've watched so far just because he doesn't always, he doesn't always put it together. And if he does that in the NFL, he's 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 not going to stick. I can see a high bust rate, too. There's such a wide range of possibilities for Seth Williams, because if he does put it all together again, all the physical tools are there. He could be very good. But I'm I'm with you. I'm leaning on the side of he's just not consistent enough. Uh, he doesn't put it all together, and I, I think he's kind of—I hate to say this because I don't—I don't know the kid, but yeah. we watch the tape, and I'm like, I feel like he's lazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's—I just get that sense. Like, yeah, I worry about lazy. That. I worry about that. And like you said, he's got all the athletic tools. He's very fast for as big as he is, and he's able to go up and you know make those deep plays. But he—he's not the quickest guy in the world, as we know. He's a bigger guy, but I worry about his be. ability to get open at all times with with like create uh, with, separation yeah, create ex- ex- exactly and now for some guys like des never really need to create much separation because he just would bully guys but but seth williams doesn't play with that kind of attitude where he's just like i'm it's my ball i don't need to you can be r- right next to me i'm going to catch it like that deandre hopkins type vibe um you know i also worry about his ability to run effective routes i didn't really see that great of route running from him whenever we were watching him um and I don't think he offers you much after the catch. He certainly will catch will catch and run at, at times and use some of his long speed. But you know, if you got guys around him, I don't think he's breaking many tackles. He'll fall forward, but I don't see him being the biggest yak guy. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier how we talked about him not uh, always playing big. I do worry about that. There, there. I just saw that so many times where he just did not look like he played very big. Did use his size, but then other times he did. So I don't know what you're going to get there. So, yeah, Seth Williams out of this list that we just talked about, um, we I, I felt like we had to talk about him because I do think there's also a wide range of possibilities of where he gets selected on draft day in the NFL draft. So, you know, if this kid was a second rounder, it wouldn't totally shock me. No. But I could also see him being a fifth rounder. Uh, so it, it'll be very interesting to see where Seth Williams lands in the draft. Um, there, again, there's a wide range of possibilities for what he's going to be at the next level. But for this list of four guys that we talked about, he's last for me. 
at least right now. I think it's fairly close for me between him and Deami Brown. I like what Elijah Moore offers the most out of this group of four. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I go back and forth with the size. You know, Amon Ra is that. I like Amon Ra a lot. I really do. I, I like. He's he feels very safe to me. But Elijah Moore feels safe to me too. Just a, capped a little bit because of his size. So overall, skill wise, I like Elijah Moore a good bit better than Amon Ra. But from a fantasy standpoint. I have a little bit of reservation, so I, I, but I really like look at this every time. I'm like, how can I get Elijah Moore a little bit higher on my board? You know, I just got to keep. Can I get him above Kadarius? Like, mm, you know, I, I maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I, no, I, I mean, I agree. Like Elijah Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm, I'm excited about, really excited about Elijah Moore. I'm, I'm excited about Amon Ross St. Brown as a sleeper. Uh, Deami Brown, we'll see, and and then Seth Williams, like I said. I think there's a wide range of possibilities, but um, not somebody that I'm looking to draft, say, in our second round. Maybe the third round potentially is somewhere in our rookie draft where I would maybe pull the pull the trigger on him. On on Seth Williams. Seth Williams. Yeah, I think he's like like I, I like I said. I, right now I have him as my last guy. Well, I have Tutu as my last guy. I would <laughs> never. Yeah. Tutu's off my board. I wouldn't even take him in the eighth round. Um, you know for. Seth Williams, like he's to me again, kind of in that same area. Diami is that late second, early third round. Um, I think that if you want to shoot for the moon, you know, go with Seth Williams. But um, I think you know if you're more looking for a, a safer guy, uh, Diami Brown be the way I'd go. So I mean, I I see them in a similar area, but I would personally take Diami. All right, so that does it for our fourth and final uh, full wide receiver. Uh, film room podcast we're moving on to the running backs next the funny thing is there's so many still so many names there to are look we'll, at. we'll I mean, get back to guys it. like Dwayne Eskridge don't forget about guys like Dwayne Eskridge well, Shai Smith our, Marquez yeah. Stevenson you know we we haven't looked at Tamori and Terry or Daz Newsome at all you know the, the, and then there's guys like you know Amater Bebe Smith Marset Jalen Darden who are way down the list who you know who knows you can watch some of these guys you might find a gem so you know, yeah. guys, don't let us just do the scouting for you. Go out there and look these guys up. You're going to fall in love with guys. You're going to like guys differently than we do, or, you know, maybe you'll agree with us. So well, uh, we, that's the fun of it. Yeah, and we talked about a lot of some of those guys that you listed at the Senior Bowl. Um, we, we chatted about that game uh, and that week of practice. So we'll go back. At, like I said, I shouldn't say this is our fourth and final wide receiver podcast because, we again, we will talk about these guys some more in depth. And, of course, after the draft, too, we have to do a recap of everything where these guys get selected. So uh, that'll do it for this one. Until next time, with the running back breakdown, we'll talk to you, uh, we'll talk to you then on Pat and Stats. So-